Our gospel lesson this morning is going to come from John's gospel, from John chapter 4. We're going to be reading John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. And I invite you to stand as you're able in body or in spirit for our gospel lesson this morning. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves. We know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. If you are a parent or maybe are a parent now, you have either been through this phase or maybe going through it now. The no, I can do it myself phase. You know the phase where you want to help your kids out. And no, 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 I, I, I do it myself. I do this myself. And of course, then it usually doesn't happen, you know, like it needs to happen. And you've got to go back and fix it. And that's called parenting. Some kids like myself never outgrow that phase. Because I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had to dig through the trash to find the instructions for the thing that I did. That No, I don't need instructions. I got this. I don't need somebody to tell me how to do this. I got this. And then, of course, after 45 minutes later, when I can't build it or cook it or whatever, I'm digging in the trash and moving the banana peels out the way and the dirt and the eggs and finding it. And I'm getting mad at myself because I thought I had it when I didn't. You know, we all know that. We've all experienced that in some way, either as a parent or we've done it ourselves, even now as an adult. We laugh about that. But there is something about that, that spirit of independence that comes when you do it yourself. Think about as an adult. The first time you paid your mortgage, you're like, whoa, I guess I'm an adult now. Or think about the time, you know, perhaps when you started your job for the first time, the job you're in now, and you had a task in front of you, and you did it. You're like, whoa, wow, I guess I'm a fully formed adult now. I completed a task. You know, we laugh about these things, but it really is an important moment in our life. When we go from hearing how something's done to going and doing it ourselves, That's the victories of adulthood, if you will. In the text we read today, we see Jesus go into Samaria. And he goes to the Samaritan woman, as Holly said in the children's moment. And she was somebody that was an outcast because of life circumstances and choices she she had made. All the stuff that goes into that, she was an outcast. She'd been rejected. As a Samaritan, she had been rejected by the Jewish people because the Jews thought little of the Samaritans. But now her own people had had rejected her. So she was rejected by everybody. So there she was in the heat of noonday, drawing water from the well and drinking from it. And Jesus says, I, I am the living water. Whoever drinks of me will never be thirsty again. And she came to understand that Jesus was the Messiah. That he was the one who had come to save the people from their sins, to deliver them, to save them. So she goes back into the town and tells the people these things. And they all came out to see Jesus. And then we see what happened in the text today where they had heard Jesus preach for several days. And then they said to the woman and said to Jesus, we believe now not because of what you've told us, but we believe because we've heard it ourselves. We've done it ourselves. We've done it ourselves. 
We believe now, not because of what you said, but because we've heard it and we believed. You've heard during stewardship, wonderful testimonies from Brett, from Alan, from so many, Shelby. You've heard so many wonderful testimonies about what this church means to them and how this church is something that has changed their life for the better, helped them become better husbands and fathers and mothers and friends and church members and disciples. You've heard these things. By the way, you know, you know what people have said repeatedly across the thing? Notice what they did not lead with. They never led with the preacher, did they? I mean, we're, the, we're at best the flourish on the very end. But nobody said, yeah, I'm at St. Matthew's cause the preacher. Nobody said that. They're there because of the people. Preachers are a dime a dozen. It's the people that make the church what it is. You've heard these things. You've heard these things. But now we're the Samaritans. Will we choose to do it for ourselves? Will we choose to move from simply hearing why St. Matthew's is a great place? Will we choose to truly live in to what it means to be a member of this church? We truly choose to live into what it means to be a part of this community because I regard membership as bigger than just having your name on a roll. There's some of you here that might not even be members who, are, who I count as members because you're part of us. Membership to me is always more inclusive than just walking up front and joining the church. But membership is saying, this is, these, are my, these are my people. These are my people. We're your people. Because here's the thing, y'all. That's when it becomes real. It's when you choose to dig in, when you choose to commit, when you choose to really live into that. Because I said this last week in the intersection. I said it in early service. Danny Hart liked it, so I'll quote, Danny says, okay, Danny's not here. So if you're offended by this statement, go find Danny and yell at him. Uh, Yell at Tony, that's good enough. If your only connection to St. Matthew's is worship, in time you will leave this church. Because I will fail you. Not on purpose. I don't plan to fail you on purpose. It's not a scheme I have in my mind. I'm going to mess up. And you're going to get mad at me. I'm going to say something you're not, you're not going to like. I'm going to make a choice you might not even respect. I'm going to fail you at some point. Not on purpose, but I promise you it will happen. And if your only connection to this church is worship on Sunday morning, you will leave and go somewhere else. Well, I've seen it happen a thousand times. But if your connection is deeper than that, if you found your place to serve, if you found your place to belong, if you found your place to commit, this becomes deeper than just this moment, but it becomes, as Brett said, your family, your people, your tribe, the people that you journey through life together with, chasing after Jesus Christ. When we move from simply hearing about it to doing it for ourselves, that's when it becomes real. That's when it becomes real. 
Um, one of my many um, great uh, gifts is that I'm a stubborn idiot. Um, I'm really stubborn and just obstinate. Uh, and Holly, if Holly, hadn't, Holly can agree with that, she would definitely amen that one. Um, and the surest way to tell me, the surest way to convince me to not do something is to tell me that I have to do it. If you tell me I have to do it, I'm not doing it. The more you tell me I have to do something, the less likely I am to do it. I'm just stubborn like that. I don't know what it is in me, but I'll dig my heels in. And so very rarely, I'm not good at naming sermons. It's not one of my gifts. And so, but I'm really pleased about the name of this sermon, Pimenta and Cheese and Emmaus, because in my life, there's been two things, Pimenta and Cheese and Emmaus. The folks have told me, you need to do this. Like everybody said, oh, Andy, pimento and cheese is delicious. I'm like, no, it's not. It looks gross. I don't want it. It looks disgusting, and I'm not eating it. But it tastes good. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It looks gross. I'm not eating it. And the more folks told me throughout my life that I need to eat pimento and cheese, the less likely I was to eat it because it looked gross. And I'm not eating it because it looks gross. No, I'm not eating it. And the more they told me, eat it. Your mom is just delicious. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not eating it. And the more you tell me, the less likely I am to eat it. About a month ago, I was at Nukes. I ate a pimento and cheese sandwich. It was delicious. It's the best thing I've ever had in my entire life. I literally ate pimento and cheese every day for a week. I'm like, where have you been my whole life? But it wasn't until I ate it that I realized, wow, this is amazing. This is so good. The other thing was Emmaus. Some of you have done either the walk to Emmaus or Crisillo. If you've done it, you know what a blessing it is. Well, my home church was an Emmaus church. Everybody at Johnson Chapel did Emmaus. Andy, you need to do it. No. No, I'm not doing it. The more you tell me to do it, the less likely I am to do it. One of my best friends, his parents ran the Emmaus campground, North Mississippi. You need to do it. No, I'm not doing it. The more you tell me I have to do it, the less likely I am to do it. So no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Emmaus. I'm not doing Crescio. I'm not doing it. Finally, when I was in pedal, one of my church members looked at me and said, you're doing Emmaus next week. I paid for you, and that person there is preaching. Fine. So I went with gritted teeth. This is awful, and I'm going to be miserable. Probably the best weekend of my life. Those of you who have ever done Emmaus or Crescio know it is literally a life-changing experience. It wasn't until I did it, though, that I understood we believe not now because you've told us. We believe because we've heard for ourselves. You've heard the 10,000 reasons. Be faithful at St. Matthew's. You've heard what this church can do for you, for me, for all of us. The challenge comes this. Will we commit to do our part? Will we be, faith? Will we be faithful? Will we live into it ourselves? Because when we do that, that is truly is truly when we're blessed. Think of as a man who loves to eat, think of the many years of pimento and cheese sandwiches I've missed out because I didn't want to. Oh, oh, the mistakes I've made in my life. God wants to bless our church. He wants to bless you through our church. Will we choose to do it? During our closing song, you, if you have a commitment card that's filled out and ready to go, I would invite you to come during the final song and just lay it on the altar. Um, 
if you not if you haven't prepared one, uh, I'll take you have time to take it, take it home and pray for it, pray over it, uh, think about it. Bring you can bring it back to the office. You can turn it in whenever you'd like to. There's there's also a commitment. Uh, there's something online we're going to pass out. We're going to share on the internet where you can commit online. Now I would actually encourage you, even if you commit with a physical card, to look at the online one because there's also ways you can plug in to serve. All these different areas you can plug in to serve and get in contact with our staff to know how you can plug in and serve. God's blessed us in so many ways. And he wants you to be blessed in our church. Uh, and if, if you're a guest, you know, if you're a guest, we're, we want you just to know our church and love our church. We're not asking you if you're a guest unless you feel really, really, really feel called to. But I, if you're on, on the fence about this, if you'd like to learn more about this and you haven't ever, ever committed or talked about committed or thought about committed, I'd love to talk to you about it. Because it's not about us making you sign a contract that you've got to do X, Y, or Z. But it's basically about how me, Andy, as a part of this church, this next year, I want to commit to be faithful in this area here, this faithful in this area here, this faithful in this area here. Because I know when I do that, I'm the one that's blessed. So during our final song, we'll have that opportunity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for giving us grace. Help us to know for ourselves. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning during our final song, I invite you, as you would, to come down and place your card upon the altar if you'd like. We're not being real fancy this year. Just place it on the altar. Um, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'd love to talk to you about how you can become a Christian during this closing time. If you'd like to learn more about joining our church, I'd love to talk to you about how you can become a member of our church. If you'd like to just pray, the altar is open. We'd love to pray with you. But this morning during this final song, the altar is open. Why don't you come?